0: Welcome to the Fran Park Center for Faith and Life in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is the Out of the Park Podcast Series. We invite you to join us for other programming you can find on our website at www.franparkcenter.org. Join us. Welcome to the Out of the Park Podcast Series for the Fran Park Center for Faith and Life here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm the Reverend Doctor Mike Hegeman, the Associate Director of the Park Center, and today we have with us mister Nate Smith, who is our communications associate for the Park Center, which means uh Nate, you are involved with all things audiovisual, and we have tasked you with helping to shape a film series this summer here for us here at the Park Center.
1: Very excited.
0: Yep. As we move through our film series this summer, we will be taking a step back and uh, reflecting on these films in particular, but also the the nature of film and why, in a theological setting, that we could um, we bring these into the dialogue about how we talk about faith and so what got you started in your particular interest in film
1: wow all right we 're getting right in, right right in there uh, i um, well, I was fortunate uh, to find a passion. Um, namely film at a very early age. I want to say it was probably after kindergarten. I went to pre-first. I couldn't quite hack kindergarten, so I wasn't really held back, and I couldn't move forward either. So it was a little purgatory called pre-first that I attended. And in pre-first, I attended a birthday party where they showed E.T., the Extraterrestrial, uh, that 1982 Spibergian film that is still my favorite movie, and namely for what commenced. Um, it was kind of my first encounter with what art could do.
0: First encounter.
1: First encounter, <laughs> no fun intended, or maybe it was. Um, but I remember being fully, fully uh, encapsulated into this world that I saw before me, so much so that I didn't realize all the kids had left the room, and I was there on my own. To the very end of the movie and i turn around to see my mother <laughs> my late mother god bless her didn't have the heart to take me away from the screen and the magic i was experiencing and just sat there and let me finish the movie while <laughs> everyone else was pinning tails on a donkey or i don't even know what but i remember specifically on that ride home looking out the window and i even remember the neighborhood uh, we were living in at the time and just watching the houses pass and just feeling that i would just been transported and it seemed something that I knew I wanted to be a part of uh, in some capacity. Uh, I wanted more of it, and uh, more importantly, I wanted to I wanted to get in there and be a part of it and, uh, and be part of the filmmaking process.
0: Well, you know, I try to think about going back uh, in my own history, what films were impactful in my early childhood. And just at the moment when you said E.T., that that was i was a little older than you so but et was a, quite the impactful film sure for was. me uh, before that then was jaws uh, and <laughs>
1: another spielberg film right yeah. another
0: spielberg film a and a wonderful and, storyteller uh, yeah, probably saw that too young i think you know i think
1: everyone sees that too young i think you could see that at my age at 41 and consider that too young to see jaws i mean you don't go into the ocean i don't care how old you are after seeing that movie at least for a good month and a half.
0: well i grew up i grew <laughs> up in the south pacific and so the beach and the, the ocean were my my you know it was like i was living in an aquarium myself i mean just <laughs> it was part so part of my own life and then after I saw that film, I was I was never comfortable again in the it, water. It
1: magnifies those fears of the water to such a capacity that uh, life does imitate art when you step that toe into the ocean. You know? So
0: we can really say that um, film can have a very powerful, you know, positive impact and sometimes a negative impact. It on It works us.
1: both ways. It's right, a powerful yeah. tool.
0: And so as we go through, um, you know, a se- taking a, a look at a series of films this summer. We're we're starting off with Jesus Revolution, which is a relatively new uh, film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that film, just to get us into the its world.
1: Sure, it was a movement in the early or late '60s that I hadn't uh, known much about. Um, uh, maybe you could tell me a few things about it. Um, uh, I, I know my parents could have, but it was a uh, Considered a hippie movement, um, but for what we call Jesus freaks, um, quote-unquote. I believe that was a term in the 90s used more often, but essentially it was a movement in which people were steering away from drugs and steering a little more towards Christ. Um, There was an influx of baptisms that took place. I think it was, uh, I forget where in California, uh, Southern California? Uh, Southern California, and I'm not in his head here in, in approval. Yes, so, Southern California, and it started at a small church called Calvary, in which it opened its doors to these uh, so called hippies. Uh, that were really on fire spiritually uh, for for Christ, and it was really sparked a movement, so much so uh, that it made the cover of Time magazine uh, in seventy one, or I'm sorry, nineteen seventy two, if I get my facts straight, um, which is pretty uncanny uh, to have something um, so Christ focused on the cover cover of such a secular uh, secular medium.
0: Well, I think that's uh, part of that whole story is that uh, you know why why time magazine would take notice of this is that you know the 60s you know this movement begins towards the end of the 60s but it is a it all part of this countercultural uh movements you know that affect mm-hmm. all uh, all aspects of society and so what we really see as part of that was a questioning you know we're still living with the effects of the 1960s in the christian church in america today we really see the questions that were raised about Relevancy and uh, mm-hmm. the place of authority and uh, the, the shape and the shape and approach to worship. There's all kinds of things that were being questioned in the 1960s, and this movement mm-hmm. for which the film is named, the Jesus Revolution, That's the title. It, right? The title that we get the, from the Time Magazine cover as well. Mm-hmm. This really tries to. The film seems like it tries to capture. All of those movements, you know, the sense of questioning of authority, uh, hearing from a younger generation, really questioning, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. you know, as we do throughout history, questioning what, how the older and established uh, generations have gone about things. But there was something particularly challenging about the, the the Jesus movement at that time, which really wanted to take, you know, I, you know, I could really commend it in the sense of entering into a world that was counter that. See a countercultural movement, but questioning everything, and in the midst of that, you have something that we think of already now, two thousand years after the fact, the gospel message breaking into that uh, in a in a powerful way, and so uh, that's what the film really tries to capture this moment in time.
1: It did it well too.
0: What parts of that film, for you, stood out or stand out that in a way that says, ah, I w- this helped me to take notice of something that occurred. 50 years ago.
1: Well, you gave me a great segue. I think the root of the movie is questions. Uh, I think it's this uh, unabashedness to ask questions. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I think it was interesting that the countercultural movement of Jesus' revolution was countercultural to a countercultural movement. Um, I felt like it was kind of in contrast to the hippie movement, which was... There was, a, there was a great line in the movie that said, basically, hippies were looking for the same thing that everyone looks for—peace and love—and um, at least they were asking the right questions. They were just going about it the wrong way. Uh, and th- the timing is just a little uncanny too, because here you have a good span of the 60s, where you know we put um, traditional norms aside, and there was free love, and uh, and well, you know, we know the movement all too well—the uh, 60s uh, and uh, 60s. In general, um, but I think what came out of that was the sense where there was a wall that was hit, and all of a sudden there wasn't any further the drugs could take the generation. The drugs and music only took them so far, and I think Jesus Revolution picked up where they left off. Um, whether the hippies were on board with it or not, I think it just kind of helped steer, helped steer the course a little bit and not have it derail. And I think, honestly, things could have been a lot worse had it not been for the Jesus Revolution. I think there was some grounding uh, that took place.
0: Yeah, it, interesting that, uh, you know, to use the word grounding, when we, we see in the film, and maybe if you know anything about this this time period, that out of this movement or in the midst of it, There was the charismatic movement that came along with this. That you know some aspects of this, you had very visible figures who were moving beyond, even further beyond, you know the kind of uh, set establishment. You know, even like like okay, we started. There's a hippie Jesus movement, all right. That's questions. We see that in the film. We see people who are who don't want anything to do with this newness, right? The fear of change and uh, the fear of you know, how traditions are are so closely linked to identity that when we change the traditions and we change how things look, that we don't know who we are and we don't recognize ourselves in the midst of that. But we also see this movement where, um, where even people within that, uh, they even continue to push the boundaries. And one aspect of that is uh, what we would, you know, within the Christian church, we might call manifestations of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's like, um, we would see people who take their charismatic gifts even further that make people uncomfortable. And that's what I think the film does a really uh, good job of, of not shying away from the tensions within the movement. Absolutely. You know, and so one of those, one of those tensions is that the, um, you know, one of the very charismatic leaders begins to, uh, you know, I don't want to give away too much for, you know before people will watch the film but mm-hmm. he begins to be able to do things that are mentioned in the New Testament like uh healing and prophecy and things that really get people a little nervous because they're even and we see that in the New Testament too uh these charismatic gifts of the spirit made people like the apostle Paul nervous and who he said said so this kind of movement needs to be contained Mm -hmm. and we see some of those so i I, I only point that out to say that you see these tensions in the film itself but we also get to um we get to experience those tensions and that's sometimes what makes a good film is that something like this doesn't shy away from tension Mm -hmm. conflict and uh, so how would you how would you say what aspects of this film really got you kept you in the in these tensive and ten you know, tensive moments.
1: Well I think that's one thing a lot of Christian art can lack is I feel like sometimes people look at tension as almost a bad thing. Um, which kinda leads to the old age asking too many questions is a bad thing. And I, I think Jesus Revolution kinda opens Pandora's box and 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 creating a dialogue. And I think I think a lot of movies do that. Um, I I, I think there's kind of this stigma that if it's not a Christian film that it doesn't have much to offer, Um, um, there's nothing really um, to engage uh, in in a a Christian way. And I I strongly disagree with that. I think that it's important uh, to have a dialogue with art, uh, regardless of where it's from. And there's a lot to extrapolate from it. I mean, Jesus' Revolution is, is... considered a Christian film, uh, but uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Lionsgate released Jesus' Revolution, and I mean, they are a huge independent film company that has taken many risks uh, when it comes to film. Uh, I, Lionsgate got its peak in the early 2000s with the uh, Saw franchise, which is not a christian based <laughs> franchise by any means, but just goes to show you the kind of risk that they take and the boldness and the fact that they took on Jesus revolution is is quite the feat um especially considering the name of the movie is Jesus revolution and it's it's blatantly christian um, which is 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 unabashed respectfully but also I feel can almost kind of steer people away uh, can kind of steal the secular crowd away who who isn't familiar with Jesus and uh well Quite frankly, I think Christian art has gotten kind of a bad name in the in yesteryears as far as quality is concerned. So I don't think I, I, I fear that a lot of people didn't didn't take a chance to go see Jesus Revolution. Who isn't within? I don't want to say the Christian bubble because that not, may not necessarily be the case. But I do feel like I I wished almost they would have called it something different <laughs> to to draw a bigger crowd. Uh, maybe I'm steering away from the question too much. I think I am a little bit
0: Oh, uh, that 's okay that 's what our, <laughs> always happens in our podcasts yeah, you know true, we, true. uh we see where our conversation goes but i I tend to track along with that the sense that sometimes when there is a quote unquote christian presentation of uh of a subject matter like we've we've seen many films that are uh are try to try to in a visual form in a dramatic form to tell the story of the bible which is that's a big scope right there mm-hmm. but we see then parts of the story that are isolated we have the ten commandments we have uh, we have stories of especially a jesus life from the gospels we have some that are very standard and some very controversial you know um, application of christ right oh. yes so, so we we see that and some sometimes people we it all depends on where we're coming from, where we would say, uh, this is a genuine representation of, of faith as I know it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a really narrow band when you, when you create, create a film that mm-hmm. has a Christian base, uh, a faith base. But how do you what, who are you trying to reach with this film? And what is the audience? And so those are all the things that come up. But I, my assessment of the film is that it, they do a really good job of presenting um, a moment in time. And that moment in time is, again, ni- late 1960s, early 70s, this uh, a sense of who a certain portion of the Christian church in America was. And we see the descendants of that, even that movement. What, and this is, happens throughout history, a radical kind of charismatic movement, you know, uh, kind of breaking the mold Often become established. We can go back as far as the 1200s, you know, to St. Francis of Assisi, you know, who Mm -hmm. was like, uh, we need to, you know, step outside the, 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 you know, the established church and we need to go and preach to the, to the people in the streets and in the fields. And if they're not going to listen, let's talk to the birds, you know. And, (laughs) and there was even these kind of classic moments of, you know, this is a, it was a wealthy young man who gave up every privilege, uh, to serve the faith that he discovered in the midst of great illness, and um, so, but Franciscans, you know, they, they still, within the Roman Catholic tradition, can remain somewhat counter, you know, always pushing the bounds of that, but yet they're a very established order. And so we see this again and again throughout history, where the, these, like, I'm using the word charismatic here to, to talk about either Holy Spirit-led, but those things which push beyond the bounds of the church, and these mom- these movements become established. And so in some ways, this film tracks uh, three or four major churches today that we have are very established churches and church traditions within the U.S. Um, Pretty
1: amazing, that, actually.
0: But they come out of this movement, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, that's one thing that I think that the film does very well. Um, what are your assessments of the things the film does well, as far as the filmmaker is concerned?
1: Well, you know, I, I, going off what you said, I think you're right. They explored that period of time very well. They didn't shy away from what was going around on the borders, outside the borders of the uh, Jesus Revolution. I mean, there was a heavy you know, drug, sex, and rock and roll movement uh, that was that was happening, and uh, I loved how the film tackled that. And a very um, they didn't play it too safe which is what I was afraid they were going to do. Um, you had legitimate secular music playing, you know, Janis Joplin.
0: Timothy Leary movement, uh, the LSD. Is yes, you, that tracks yes. Through the film I mean, at one see. moment
1: in the movie, you see a plane drop tabs of LSD onto this concert crowd. And I was actually kind of thrilled to see that. Not, not because I applaud drugs in any way, shape, or form, but that was a staple of the times. And it was telling, it was showing the truth. It wasn't just telling the truth of the times. It was showing what was happening. And I also loved how they juxtaposed that drug scene with the conversion scene, the baptism scene. Uh, one of my favorite sequences in the movie is is when Lonnie Frisbee, uh, who was this charismatic hippie uh, who, who really helped him and uh, Greg Laurie um, help start uh, this Jesus Revolution and a lot of denominations came out of this. A lot of new churches. Uh, so it was a huge uh, Christian growth movement, um, if we haven't emphasized that before. Um, but I, I love the scene in which Lonnie sits down with Chuck, the pastor of the small Calvary church, and they're talking about, well, the church needs to open, open its doors to change I and mean, how else is it going to move forward and, and, and grow. And amidst this conversation of talking about, um, truth, uh, seeking truth, it it shows Greg Laurie, um, who is still kind of finding himself, and he's he's at a he's at this big Woodstock type festival and, and experimenting with drugs and and uh, expanding his mind uh, in a whole different way. Uh, and that's, that's a bold move for a Christian film to make uh, is actually showing the uh, the opposing side. It plays like a good essay. You know, you you make your point, and then right. also. Well, this was also going on, and it, it it helps give a more well-rounded representation.
0: And what I appreciate appreciate about that too is that the um the film doesn't demonize anybody. You know, they, there's a mm-hmm. great compassionate look at the people who are searching and mm-hmm. struggling, mm-hmm. and and so that's something that the film really does well is uh is hold that tension between you know what we might see in other um Christian. Christian presentations is that you're going to make everything, you're going to polarize things, and so mm-hmm. there's e- there's evil on the other side of this, and there's good only here. And what what we what I at least saw and experienced the film is saying you saw there was a genuine look at people who were searching and struggling, and the paths that that took the paths they took in light of that. And you so said it.
1: the search was one of the
0: main characters. Right. And so again, you know, without giving away too much of the film, what I assessed and I found was that. Uh, it's well acted. Mm-hmm. The characters mm-hmm. have depth. The, you know the great Kelsey Grammer. I mean the Kelsey Grammer, which was a real surprise uh, yeah. to see when I, mean, I, I kind of just first looked at the the package of the film, and I said, "Is that Kelsey Grammer? <laughs> uh, Fraser yeah. is there?" And uh, he does a remarkably good job, giving this character depth. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking overall, the, the the film looks compassionately at each of these people. Mm-hmm. Right? And you know, we somebody might say. Uh, sometimes we experience a uh, Christian film and Christian art uh, in the last. Who knows? At least in the last uh, sixty years or so, we say there's something that sometimes can be something cheesy or cheeseball about it. <laughs> the Christian <clears> cheese. And I don't I think, think there we were very few it. for me. Very few cheeseball moments. You know, hmm. just you know, which um, there were a few. There were a few, but again, uh, overall, the film has depth. I mean, that's what I would say. Again, you know, I say uh, the film has has depth and gives us a very good look at. Uh, not only a time in history but how we look at ourselves and that's what all film you know even a historic film you know the um, whatever we call it the um, the Downton Abbey you know maybe about the 1920s in in Britain but we it's a mirror to hold up for ourselves right And so historic film really is a mirror so if in that in line what mirror did this film hold up for you
1: I think you know all good art um, is a reflection Um, It it shows us uh, bits of who we are. Uh, You don't learn just things about people. You learn things about yourself. Um, Good art (laughs) Uh, can do that, has the the ability. Uh, I I think it held up a mirror to me. I think there's a sense in which we live in a very godless society, um, but there's a lot of talk about God still. Uh, In other words, I think there's more of an not so much a disbelief in God, so much as an anger towards God. Or an
0: anger, continually an anger, towards an establishment which rep- misrepresents. or That's absolutely God, uh, right. God or right. Misrep- or too narrowly represents God.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. And I think what this film did was um, show that we are asking the same questions um it, it's, it's not just, uh, like you said, it's not like, just find good here, you know. Um, the questions of the movie and the search were a big character uh, of the movie. And I think that showed uh, through the through the um, characters, uh, well played by Jonathan Romy, who played Lonnie, and Kelsey Grammer, who played Chuck. And I think it did right by showing how to approach uh, secular culture. Um, whether the movie accomplished that, I think it may be too soon to tell. Uh, but again, it was asking the right questions, and I think that was important. And I think it, it helped hold up a mirror to me that said, well, I am asking the right questions. I, I do feel like I'm on a good trajectory uh, as far as seeking the truth goes. It was almost kind of an accountability check, um, which I appreciated very much.
0: Right. For, and for me, uh, watching that say, "You," when the this movement – was a movement of includes inclusivity at the time. So includes, who are we going to include into our, uh, <clears throat> our engagement with faith and how our presentation of faith and, and how do we open the doors? And that makes me, for me, to say, how can that be true then in our own time? You know, hmm. 50, years or so, or 50 years after, the, after these events, we'll look around and say, in what ways do we open the door? And every community, every community you're out throughout, throughout history, has these has um include some and exclude some, and so we know that this is this is part of our human our humanity, and we're how boundaries are healthy, all these kinds of things to say all that, and yet my question, well that's what I'm left with when I watch this film is saying those people who are descended from even, some of these folks are still alive and mm-hmm. they're still in ministry today. Mm-hmm. Saying, Greg Lanier, yeah, I believe, right? is still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And Who, he he started just you know just for our audience' sake here he started Vineyard or was it Harvest?
0: Um, I get my characters right. Uh, the, 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 you're you're Jesus like uh, yeah, prophet. That was Vineyard. Vineyard I believe. Yep, mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And I think Greg Lanier started Frisbee. Harvest. So Frisbee
0: started. Yeah. Frisbee yeah. started the Vineyard movement and mm. uh, Chuck Smith, Calvary. Correct. Movement and Lonnie?
1: hmm
0: Is that his name? Lonnie started Greg lonnie
1: Greg lonnie yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. The character started Harvest. And I think Chuck Smith, Calvary, grew from that movement as well. I don't think there was many Calvary churches at that point. Right, right. Maybe just one. I don't right. know if... I, I'll and, have to check my facts. And but. so
0: that's what I'm left with And at the end of the film says, oh, this is great. What a wonderful moment of love and inclusion and transformation. And I'm left with saying, who's, who is excluded from those particular communities? Mm. Uh, but it but not to you know not to live in a glass house and throw stones and saying look at my own place in in ministry and say who who am i leaving out as i shape or help to shape a community's, uh you know faith life and uh, sure. engagement in the world so i think
1: uh, i think that's exactly what chuck did i mean he w- he was inclusive he took a risk and i think I, I appreciate movies like Jesus Revolution and that they, in a way they are timeless. Uh, the same strife that was going on in the church then, I can see it in churches now. Um, I mean, I, I mean, how wide do you open the doors uh, to the point where it's unsafe in this day and age? Right. Um, there's and, risks.
0: And so just to kind of wrap things up today, but uh, our, any film has to give a gives it has to tell part of a story and exclude part of the story. And so that's that's the that's the nature of the medium. You can't tell everything. Mm. And so but my assessment is is that that they, they give us a lot to think about in how those who shaped this film chose Certain aspects of that movement to tell us, hmm. and uh, and I think they do a really good job. But our questions always left us like it. Then sends me forth to saying, if I want to know more, then that's my job is to say, well, what's the rest <laughs> of the story? And so that's that'll be true in in any any film we discuss or any is that the sense of a film has a power to tell. A, a particular story in a particular way.
1: Absolutely. And, and and don't be afraid to have a dialogue with it, much like you would the Bible. Like, uh, much like we're doing
0: there. right here. Yes. And a good point. As we engage the Bible, you know, we, we it leads us deeper in and broader and more broadly outward. So, all right. Read. Nate, thank you very much for joining us for our Out of the Park podcast.
1: My pleasure.
0: Thanks for joining us at our Out of the Park podcast series. If you like this program and would like to check out more, go to our website at www.framparkcenter.org.